Today's program was brought to you by the Wisconsin Cheese Cupid Pairing app, available on Android and Apple devices. Hi, this is Joe Campanelli, the host of In the Drink. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Your love is chloroform perfume. Just one whiff and you start to swim. Now tell me how I'm supposed to fill this hole. Welcome to Love Bites on Heritage Radio Network, where dining and dating collide in New York City. I'm one of your hosts, Jacqueline Raposo. I write about people who make food. Uh, you can find my work and me on everything as wordsfoodart.com. I'm 34, straight, and single. And I am your other host, Ben Rosenblatt. I am an actor, writer, musician, occasional bartender and server. You can check me out at benrosenblattactor.com. I am 33, straight, Totally single. In a little bit, we're going to be joined by my darling friend, Lauren Resler, the pastry chef of New York's Empeon restaurants and the mother of nine-month-old Jackson Alexander Stupak, who is also in the studio with us today. And he's looking oh so cute. He's looking extremely dapper. Uh, We're going to ask her all about being a mom when you own three restaurants with your chef husband. But first, uh, last week, you and I, Ben, came in here like on top of the world. We were in great moods. We had energy. We were happy. Sometimes life is just awesome. It just works when out When you are that way. Ben and Jacqueline. Exactly. But this week, we're both just a little bit more worn. Like we're, you know, we're reminding ourselves energy and we're happy and we're going to have a fun show when sometimes in life, you just are where you are, right? Mm. And unfortunately we're still going out on dates and it doesn't matter. Not unfortunately, we're still going on dates, but like, it doesn't matter if you're on top of the world or just where you are, where you are. If you have a first date at night or if you're going on a date, you have to go on a date and be yourself. Right. Absolutely. So let's talk confidence on a first date. What to you, if you, when you're going on a date with a woman, I want to know, like, how can you tell if she's a confident person? Um, I could typically tell by her body language and, uh, the way she speaks to me, um, the How way she speaks about herself, um, an openness to her physicality. I tend to find if someone's cross-armed and closed off and talking quietly or talking, you know, unsure of themselves in the way they speak, um, that usually that not necessarily that they lack confidence or are totally insecure, but that, you know, they're not 100% confident, that they're not necessarily totally confident people or comfortable people. Exactly. Yeah. Like when we've been talking about this idea off there, we've been talking about how it's sort of hard to define what confidence is because confidence can like sort of lead to sort of being egotistical or superficial. Like when I was looking, when I was looking online about, you know, when I was Googling in general, like, you know, how to be confident on a date or confidence in dating. Because you, you need a lot of help with that. You keep on teasing me, but I only <laughs> research this stuff because we have a show. I've never actually Googled self-help stuff on the internet. It's because I'm the nerd out of the Googling two of us. stuff on there's the internet, nothing there's wrong absolutely with that. nothing wrong there with that. There is nothing wrong with that. But I'm the nerd out of the two of us that has to sort of prepare for these things. And so I was Googling this and everything, I, I was really disappointed that there was nothing about um, the depth of a person or there was very little about 
owning yourself, being comfortable with yourself, it was pretty superficial. It was pretty much about looking good on a first date so that you feel good. And it equated looking good, meaning some women, I read an article about like seven women who spent a lot on their first dates where some women were spending 200 some dollars to get a full body wax and a blowout and a manicure and pedicure and getting their eyebrows plucked, like all of this stuff, getting makeup done, going and buying new makeup. And it was really equating especially for women, but also for men too, as far as getting a new outfit or something, looking good with being confident. Well, I think that feeling good about the way you look is really important and can lead to healthy confidence. But I think there's a difference between feeling good about the way you look and being confident in yourself and in the way you look, as opposed to covering up your insecurities with superficial gloss. Yeah, like if if I did all of those things for a first date, I would feel like I was faking it. I'd feel like I was trying to be somebody else because... I mean, obviously, I like looking good, and obviously, I'm not like blind to how other people look. But to me, if I got like my nails done and I got like waxed everywhere, which I it, to me is it, so painful, it's horrible. Um, but you know, like if I were to do that, like, and if I was get my hair blown out and wear a new outfit, I would feel like I was faking it and trying to be somebody else rather than owning who I was. Totally. I mean, not everyone to prescribe a manicure and a pedicure and a blowout to everyone is, I think, foolish because not everyone feels good looking the same way right um so i think the better advice is to be do is to do the things that make you feel good about the way you look regardless of what they are right and there were some things that made more sense like that like you know listen to music that you really like while you're getting ready um even talking to yourself in the mirror and saying like i like you because you know you you kicked ass at work today or because you did a really nice thing for somebody this weekend or because you know, you've been going to yoga every day, so you look great. You know, like whatever it is that you have to say, but making it not about like you're awesome because you look like this, but you're awesome because you are this person, whatever that means to you. Yeah. But on a di- but what we were really talking about was not superficial. You and I were talking about like what, you know, if, if we have a date tonight and one night, which one of us, maybe one does of us have a date does tonight. <sighs> yeah. Uh, one of us does like, Oh no, I mean like I've got two dates this week and if it were last week, I would have been on top of the world this week. I'm hopefully I'll be back on top of the world by Wednesday and you Saturday will, night. Scratch and claw back exactly. to the top of the mountain. I will pull myself back up. But like, it's, you know, how do you, um, I guess my question is if you're not feeling like you're on top of the world, how do you present yourself as a person who's still pretty self-possessed and confident and comfortable with themselves more than anything without having to be so like bubbly happy and like, oh my God, my life kicks ass. I'm killing it at work. And I, you know, I just did this and that. Cause like that to me, it, it's putting on confidence, which is hard because for a first date, you really are selling yourself to somebody. To a degree. Know? To a degree. I think it, do you know, I'll be honest. I, as much as I have my huge ups and downs. I feel like I have massive swings from being incredibly happy and high on life to being completely miserable and what is that? What is that? What affects that? Is it, is it work? Is it how you, how you feel? I mean, a lot of it in the industry that I work in as an actor, it's an incredibly difficult industry as many of you, I'm sure are aware of. Um, and so I can, you know, last week I had this incredible audition. It was one of the best auditions. And then uh, the callback was fantastic as well. And I felt amazing about it. And I left feeling just completely on top of the world and so great about my work and great about myself as an artist. And I got great feedback from the director. And it was a high profile production that could have really 
been a big boost to my career and taken me to the next step. And all of that felt really great. Then I found out I didn't get the job. Uh-oh, why? Did they tell you why? Um, I got an incredibly very nice email from casting saying that the director really loved me as an actor, but that he was looking for something else type-wise, which is Ouch. just simply beyond my control. Yeah, you can't do anything about that. Um, and it's basically went about as good as you could possibly hope for without getting the job. And so, um, how did that? So, how did that like? How did that affect your confidence as far as how you're well, going out into the world? The, the sad and terrible thing is, and I this is something I need to work on. It's something that a lot of actors work on. It's a very common problem. Is that I went from feeling like I am great, I'm fantastic, I can act on any stage in the world, to I am shit, I am worthless, I will never work again, which is just that, obviously oh, foolish and yeah. silly and terrible. But that's kind of the nature right. of the dynamic of this profession where you're dealing constantly with rejection, where rejection is, in fact, the norm. Yeah, yeah I remember I went on a date with a guy a couple of years, like, I was say four or five years ago now. I'm going to call him the pirate because the last show he did, he was a pirate in it. And at the time, he was... Um, he was in like a good 10, 12 month run of a Broadway show. He was in the American premiere and we met after his show. So we met outside of Lincoln Center. And I just remember him being this incredibly, incredibly hot guy because he was he was happy he was doing he was doing he was on broadway at lincoln center in a show that is amazing that i saw years ago in london and it was a great date we ended up not going out again because he had just gone on a third date with a girl they wanted to try out try things out with we parted amicably years later we reconnected on the same dating site we'd both been with somebody and broken up and he came over for dinner and it was like nothing had changed. It was three years later. He didn't look older. He didn't look any different, but he seemed smaller because all of a sudden he went from being on Broadway, living in Manhattan, to struggling to find a job, a show he cared about, to moving to Brooklyn, to having to find a restaurant job again. And it was just so apparent to me this was the same person. And all that was different was how he felt about his artistic situation totally. and he seemed completely different now he's he just did another incredible show he just did an opera now he's back to feeling i can tell he feels good about himself but it was for me it was great to not great to say i do not want this person to be in that position at all but it was the clearest clearest example to me of how feeling good about yourself makes you look like a completely different person and it makes you feel sexy yeah and confident yeah. and you know available to opening yourself up to someone. For me, uh, we've been talking about confidence as it uh, pertains to like going on a first date and feeling confident on the date. Right. For me, that's never really been an issue. Um, and even in the times where I'm feeling down about myself, that's not really an issue. I'm an actor. I can Fake put it. on yeah. confidence and make you believe it. Um, but, and I can, you know, get myself looking good and feeling good about the way I look and feeling good about myself in other ways that right. can promote the type of confidence that reads confident on a date. But I feel sometimes that the uh, ups and mainly, of course, the downs of my career path um, sometimes keep me out of a relationship because I feel sometimes insecure about having not found work in a little while or right. whatever the case may be. And it becomes harder to really share myself in a way beyond like a first date kind of way with someone when a big part of myself are those insecurities. Right. 
Huh, it's funny because like my I, I've got a much more stable job now than I did when I was an actor. My writing life is actually going pretty well. Um, but for me, it's about how I feel. Obviously, we've talked how I have this illness. It does not affect my life in a, in a grand way that other people notice. But for me, it's a huge energy thing. If I feel energized, I'm generally happier and I feel great. If I feel run down, I'm a completely different person. And I really have very little control over that. But one thing I started, I tried doing when I dated the filmmaker who I, I broke up with before our first show. But when I, I dated him for only two months, but what I tried practicing with him before he knew that I had an illness was just being myself no matter how I felt. The, our first date, I felt great. Our second and third dates, I did not feel good. I didn't tell him, but I was like, let me just see if owning who I am in this skin right now, so I'm still going to have a pleasant time. I'm just not going to try to be any happier or more energized than I am. I'm going to be calm and content and great and happy to be with him, but I'm not going to try to fake being something I'm not, and I just want to see how I am with this person, and it ended up being a great lesson for me as far as just owning the skin that you're in. I wasn't, I wasn't sad. I wasn't down. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't glass half empty. I was the same person just with my letting my energy shift and it worked out well. And it was a huge sign to me that I could be with him because you're not always going to be happy and peppy in a relationship. So for two months, it didn't, it gave me the comfort of not having to worry about being the perfect girl and so because that's what something is that anyway. Exactly. But you know what I mean? As far as like impressing each other. So totally. that was that something that I'm still going to work with. I think that's a great lesson that you learned there. And it reminds me of this um, lesson that I was taught in graduate school as an actor, which is an acting lesson. But I think it applies to life in general, as well as most acting lessons do. Um, and my teacher would always used to say, just go from where you are. Yeah. Which is, you know, it oftentimes in acting, you have to go and do this in intensely emotional scene, right? And to try to work yourself up into this emotional frenzy is not necessarily it's helpful. Not genuine. But it's starting not just yeah. where you really are and allowing yourself to live and breathe in the shoes of this character and find your way to wherever they are is more um a f- more efficient and more productive way of acting. And I think in general for having confidence too, just well, that's Trusting, being confident, being, really. Exactly. Being yourself and, and being saying, hey, comfortable here, with yourself is, is confidence. Am, yeah. And this is who I am and where I am today. And this is what I'm bringing to you. And this is what I'm going to give to you today. You can accept it or not. Love me or hate me for it. This is who I am. And, and to me, that's so much more badass than just putting pretty clothes on to try to be something that, you know, that it, it's a cover. You know, it's a cosmetic thing. I agree. Yeah. On that note, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to welcome Lauren Ressler to the show. So stick around for that. First, enjoy a quick little sponsor break and some smooth tunes from Rec Tech. We'll be back. If you're listening to this show, you've probably used Tinder, you've probably used OkCupid, and maybe you're bored of these human dating apps. Want to play matchmaker with some more interesting couples? Food couples? Say, drinks and cheese? Well, you can now with the Wisconsin Cheese Cupid app. What beverage complements your cheese? What cheese complements your beverage? Wisconsin Cheese Cupid has the answer. Just choose beverage or cheese in need of a soulmate, and Wisconsin Cheese Cupid will do the rest. Feeling a bit adventurous? Pairing Roulette will create a random yet perfectly delicious pairing for you. So if you're sick of swiping left and right, 
Put aside the dating struggles and make a match that'll satisfy even the loneliest of the lonely. Go to CheeseCupid.com or find CheeseCupid in the App Store. Happy matchmaking. And we are back. Um, so a couple weeks ago on our seventh episode, we had the brother-sister restaurant team, Will and Julie Horowitz. And we talked about not why neither Ben or I want children. And we just realized that all of our guests so far, Kat Kinsman, Joseph Marazzo, Lisa Mendelson, um, none of them have children. And a lot of them don't want children. So I think it's about time that we make it up to you guys when we talked about why we don't want children to bring in someone in the industry who actually has a kid. Uh, so Lauren Ressler is the pastry chef of Empeon Restaurants, Taqueria, Cocina, and El Pastor here in New York City. She runs them with her husband, Chef Alex Stupak, and they are some of my personal favorite restaurants to eat in. Uh, but nine months ago, Lauren gave birth to their first child, Jackson Alexander Stupak, the Taco Prince, hashtag Taco Prince. Uh, and so we're so, so excited to welcome them both to the studio today. Jackson's on the floor watching little baby bum. And he's on. got the cutest suspenders <laughs> that I've ever got, seen like, in my entire hat. life. And he's tall. The dude is tall. He's like two and a half he's feet. He's like 6'9". He's like 6'9". <laughs> yeah, like his jump shot is incredible. <laughs> Let me uh, tell you about the birth. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> that'd be really funny. Ready? We're going to scare the crap out of you guys. Uh, so welcome, Lauren. I'm so glad to have you here. Um, so before the show, we were talking about confidence on, on first date, on dating, uh, and how confidence and ego can sort of be interwoven. Mm-hmm. And you started to tell us a story about your first date with... Your now husband of, you know, you guys have been together for 12 years now. Yeah. So tell us about uh, that first date and why you felt like you wanted to bring it up regarding <laughs> the confidence versus ego. Well, because it was a question to me of, um, it was a question to me of, of if someone might mistake a big ego with just being nervous uh, going on that first date. And my first date with Alex was um, in a small little tapas restaurant maybe 20 seats and he was rambling on and on about his career and him and him and just a lot of stuff uh involving a lot of swear words and i was very embarrassed <laughs> and you told us you're not going to swear on the show you well, did not swear i it just it doesn't come naturally to me i was yeah i um, swear enough for the three of us we'll, yeah. be, we'll be fine um but he was he was making me very uncomfortable in just the way he was talking and swearing and um, not really talking so much about me, but more of just uh, him and what he was going through with so his career. So how did he get a second date um, it was all about him? But I found out it was nerves, and, and he actually pulled a magic trick out of his hat and took me to the restaurant he was working at at the time, Cleo, and uh, showed me how to wrap a raspberry in a thin sheet of sugar and i just was i melted it was like oh houdini but um Man, chefs just have like power yeah food. No, it's and, kind of yeah well, and like, then also he really sexy. he really it is sexy but i want to do that he, he also had a hand up because then he asked me what my favorite meal i ever had in my entire life was and i thought back to a, a pizza that i had in italy with my mom it was a potato pizza and still to this day has never been matched but he swore that on our second date he informed me we were having a second date um on our second date he was going to cook me uh, a potato pizza and we would watch my favorite movie and his favorite movie what, so what, do you remember what they were uh yeah it was uh, dirty dancing and an american tale Oh, American wait, which, Tale. Wait, which That's was awesome. His favorite? Dirty Dancing. Really? No, I'm sorry. No, his I lied. American Tale. I lied. No, no, no. It was Footloose and Amer- Footloose. American Tale. And his favorite was Footloose. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm impressed with yeah. with those choices. Those yeah. are good. I would not have expected. Well, and, and, and in all honesty, An American Tale is not my favorite movie 
per se. It was also, it was just one of those, like, I don't know, I was in a nostalgic moment in the time. And, and it was also a movie that um, we had both said that neither, he had not seen An American Tale and I had not seen so Footloose at the time. So it was one of those things. And it also kind of, I didn't realize it at the time, but it guaranteed like a five-hour date, wow. if not longer. Smart. Yeah. And so that's a really nice, um, you're right, that like sometimes when somebody seems egotistical or is only talking about themselves, it is it is nerves. nerves. They're just not... So it's it's a good thing to think about when you're going on a date too to just remind yourself like oh I've been talking for a long time I should ask a question it's just like a practical thing yeah uh, okay so moving on to Babyland um, what challenges did you got because you're you've been the pastry chef for Ampeon you do a lot of events yourself you do a lot of events with uh, the restaurant. What did you guys like expect to change when you were getting ready to have a baby? And then did anything come up that you didn't expect that you've had to adapt to having, you know, being somebody in the industry and wanting to have a kid? Uh, absolutely. I mean, like I've worked with other women um, back in the day. I remember a, a wonderful cook who was a morning cook at uh, Number Nine Park, and she was pregnant at the time. And she worked up until like her last day, you know, right before she dropped the baby. And it was like <laughs> she not, dropped not, the baby yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right but before the baby came out. So easy. Like, I know, like, right? She's like, whatever. There it is. <laughs> like, hurry up, kid. I got yeah. service in 10 minutes. Um, but, and I thought that that was so amazing. I was, I was in awe of, of her, her ethic, her work ethics and everything. And um, so I always said in, you know, if I ever get pregnant, I'm going to work, you know, up until my last day. And um, unfortunately, there is a difference if you're a, a, a fellow cook or a restaurant owner um, or manager, I think, because... I had to stop going into Cocina uh, probably at about six months because I was showing. I mean, not much, but I was showing enough that everyone knew. And um, baby pulling on mommy's blouse. <laughs> oh, um, he's squirmy. He's so cute. But uh, it it made everyone else uncomfortable that I was there and could possibly get hurt. Get hurt. And um, so it was. So it was one of those things where they were constantly like, oh, chef, let me get you this and let me get you this. And I started realizing that it was more trouble than it was worth. I wasn't really mm-hmm. doing that much. Everyone else was doing my work for me. Um, so I had to stop going. Did um, you feel... It was counterproductive. Was it hard for you to sort of make that sacrifice or was it something that... It was sad. Was I, sad I, really, yeah. I really had it in my mind that I was going to be, you know, that, that tiger that was going to work up until the last day and, you know, always have that story. Right. Um, but so how has it been since, so have you, how actively have you been working since Jackson's been born? Not very. I did, I did one event, um, the, the share benefit, uh, for breast and ovarian cancer, which was extremely successful. Um, but it's an all really, woman event. So it's all just woman like, event. Yeah. So like they reached out to awesome me and, and asked me and, and I, you know, I, I even told them, I was like, well, my baby might be coming with me and they were like, no problem. So I, I mean, you know, it's 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 one of those things where um, I have not gone back full time, and I have not. I mean, I haven't even really gone back part time, but I'm kind of in a good position that since I'm a manager, I uh, I don't have a station really anymore. My my right my the the so the day to day is doing that, yeah. yeah. Everyone else is and then the mess and the menus don't change that much. So well, how has um, like we were talking before the show too, just the difference for between men and women. Mm-hmm when you have a family, how has Alex's and Alex is obviously he's in the restaurants. He's the chef. He's developing new things. Mm-hmm. Um, how has his life changed? His work life changed. Not like his life in general changed, but his, his work life changed. Um, you know, you both have this baby. Yeah. So how has his professional life changed comparatively? Um, not much, uh, because <laughs> not much, not much. Oh. Um, but that's because I've, I've allowed that, um, 
so much that he doesn't have to be. I mean, he he makes sure that on Sundays are his family days. And so even like yesterday, um, you know, he had to go into Cocina and he asked us to go with him and just like hang out, you know, wait for, you know, we had a, a, a plumber there and he had to, you know, hang out. Because um, when you're the boss, you still have to be the one who's be... there for the plumber. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so, but definitely now it's it's much more, um, he, he's much more aware of like, okay, you know, on my, you know, quote unquote day off, I actually have to take the day off and not, you know, be right. on my phone constantly and not be taking phone calls all the time and um, not going into the restaurant. And so, I mean, that's that's changed for sure. Which is more challenging for you, the restaurant work or the mommy work? Uh, well, I, am happy to say that I'm, I'm blessed with a very easygoing child. So, um, the stress of restaurants is much harder, I think. Um, but mommy work, you don't ever shut your brain off. You're going 24, seven, 365. Well, I've only had nine months, but, um, so, I mean, it's, it's definitely, it, it challenges you much more mentally, uh, to have a kid and, and constantly worry and constantly think of, am I doing everything right? And am I, am I pay- giving him enough attention? Am I, you know, doing all the things that you're supposed to be doing? It's, you hear a lot about, um, the sacrifices that children make for parents who are in the industry. And honestly, like when I was thinking back to how many women I've worked with in the industry, I d- can't count too many mothers mm-hmm. on my hands. The ones that I have are usually older than we are. They're, you know, by this point, they had their children in their late 30s or, you know, they couldn't really do both well until their kids got a little bit older. Um, yeah. What advantages do you think that Jackson will have? Well, he's already eaten in uh, some amazing restaurants um, and he does. Like what? What's his, what's his fanciest sort of digs for now? Ooh. I mean, you mentioned you're going back up to Clio in a couple yes. of weeks to uh, sort of celebrate the, celebrate the, re, the, regener- the rebirth yes. of, that will be Clio uni. into Uni. Yeah. Um, let's see. He's, well, I mean, well, well you, he, just went to, you just went to, to Ecuador. Ecuador. He's been to California. He's been to Boston. And a lot of it's all food related. Um, I'm trying to actually think he of... He eats better than I do. He really does. He's, he's, already, he's already been on a plane 11 times. It's oh kind of crazy. Um, but, I mean, we actually... When we were in Ecuador, we had a private tasting menu uh, for the chefs, and he was eating off my plate. He ate pretty much half of everything that I had. So what I, were some of the meals? Um, he had guinea pig. Wow. Uh-huh. And he's nine months? He's nine months. Awesome. He, that uh, is amazing. <laughs> See, I'm kind of, like, I have turned into a, an incredibly, like, I eat everything, I love everything, yeah. but I kind of had to, like, grow, I had to, like, discover my own taste, because not, my parents weren't, like, picky eaters, but of course I didn't get, like, the wide range the that your kid is yeah. getting. Like, I think that's a huge advantage that yeah. your kid is getting. Well, you have to remember, though, in Ecuador, kids eat that everything, stuff all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, but yeah, he's, I mean, he... You know, I was ma- I, I make all of his food, um, even his the first stage of puree stuff. I was like making butternut roasted butternut squash with bacon and um, pea like you know sweet peas with garlic and goat cheese. Do you want to I adopt mean, me? It, it was like the most her? ridiculous. Yeah, it was like silly things. I like, can't actually, wait to see his first birthday. <laughs> if you ever need a babysitter, some leftovers. Like, oh, Jack so was too. so hungry; he ate everything <laughs> in the fridge tonight. <laughs> Yeah, I mean he he eats really well, and and I'm I'm lucky that he does, and he has not had any allergies, and he's he's. Well, you've been giving him a lot of foods more than some parents don't do. You know, the yeah. nuts before a certain age, mm-hmm. and the and the shellfish before a certain age, or whatever. And yeah. you guys, do you have like rules for yourselves as parents regarding food? Mm. Um, <laughs> he's like, I can speak yeah. up about it now. No, I mean he's. Uh, 
I wouldn't say any rules because I mean, obviously, like we're aware, like if I give him something new, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to just like, you know, give him a bite and then turn away and, you know, not pay attention if he has any reaction. But so far, we've been very lucky that he hasn't. So, I mean, his life, it sounds like is very wrapped up in the food industry because of what you and your husband do. And he's done so much traveling and he's done so much exotic eating. (laughs) Um, Would you want Jackson when it comes time to be a food person? It's completely, uh, completely his choice, obviously. Um, we would never pressure or push in any way. And Alex is also not even a, a nepotism person where he's not. He already said, like, if Jackson shows an interest in wanting to work in any of the restaurants, well, it depends on one, if there's an opening as a as a dishwasher or as a, um, you know, a busser or something like that. But he's not going to automatically say, oh, you're my son. And, right. you know, here's a knife. And so go, and- go like the Mark Forgione route, like route, like Mark had to work his way up and Absolutely. had to work even harder because his father yes. was a famous chef. And I mean, I've actually worked in a restaurant back back in the day where I was in I, <laughs> I encountered a very obnoxious little boy who was the son of an of the owner. And this little boy actually came up to me on the stairs and said, my daddy is the owner of this restaurant and he can fire you whenever he wants. The kid was like six years old, maybe. I wanted to punt him across the room. Punch the father, too, because that means there's some sort of disconnect with with what he's hearing. Absolutely. Here's here's one more question. If let's say he does go into the food world, he becomes a famous chef. We've done a lot of talking on this show about the attention that chefs get from ladies. What is because this is a dating show? What's your approach as a parent when it comes time for Jackson to start dating? Mm, I see. I actually, I never had any restriction from my parents. They never said, "Oh, you have to be X years old to date," and you never, you know, use judgment. And that's honestly, I think that's my biggest advice to him growing up: use good judgment, and you know, just think. All you have to do is think. Which is a good thing for adults in their 30s to think about, yeah. too. Use good judgment. I mean, honestly, if, if, you know, if you think something is a stupid idea and you're probably going to get in trouble for it, why are you going to do it? Yeah. You know, just stop. Think of a way around. And, you know, you can still have fun and you can still, you know, get your kicks, whatever. But, uh, I mean, honestly, he's going to... I'm a first-time parent. I don't know. I'm probably... have to figure it out. To, yeah, I'll have know, to figure it out when it happens. Now, yeah. I have one more question for you. Um... So a lot of, I mean, being a mother in this field is so hard. Um, and I, I would assume that there's a lot of guilt from either side for a lot of women as far as whether they have children or don't or keep their jobs or don't. Do you have any sort of, you've got a huge heart. You're one of the, mo- like, the most lovely people I know. You're very glass half full and people yes. are good. And that's one of the reasons why I love you so much because we're like, you know, we're sparkle fairies together. Yes. Um, so do you have any like heartfelt, like to women in, in your field who are thinking about having kids about just sort of something to keep them going whatever direction they want to go, yay or nay, you know, in it? Um, I think that, you you know, this is such a demanding industry for hours, for um, holidays and and anything. And and obviously having a child is is a very time consuming thing. And I, you know, I've been very lucky that I did not have to um, go back to work right away. And that's not a luxury that a lot of people will get. Um, So I, I guess it's it's. All you can do is hope that you work in an industry that I know. <laughs> All you can do is hope that you Thank work. Thank you for that, that insightful he, uh, input, Jackson. Yes, he's he's not he's not a fan of uh, of having to choose one or the other, but um. All the all of the other chef mothers that I know 
pretty much are restaurant owners. Um, and that's the way that they've been able to do it. I that they don't have to be on know, the line all yeah. the time. And yeah, I think this is, this is a really good poor guy. He's like, you're done. You guys are going to go over time. Um, okay. So quickly before we go, oh, do it lady. See, and can I say what you're doing? She's breastfeeding right now in the studio. God bless well. her. Like, yes, like, you know, good. And see, now he's nice and quiet. She's but, you're a but beautiful mama. I also didn't just like, you know, throw my boob out. No, like, no, no, no one not. would even have noticed. Had I not blurted it out to everybody listening right now. <laughs> Other um, than the child quieted. Yeah. Oh, he's such a pretty boy. He's really the best, very best good boy. Another hashtag. hashtag. Very, very best very good boy. Best um, so before we close up very quickly, let's, I love this, just sharing something that we've read um, this week that we love or hate. Lauren, you've got an awesome thing to, to, to put out there in the world. What yeah. would you like to share? Um, my husband and darling friend, Jordana Rothman, who actually does heritage as well. Uh, Often, um, they just uh, released their cookbook, uh, Tacos, Recipes, and Provocations. It's on Amazon, and it's amazing. There's even a small little picture of me. <laughs> so buy it just for the picture. Just for the any, tiny yeah. little picture of me uh, kindling a fire. Yes. Yay. So everybody, please go buy that book. Um, I've got a self-plug thing, too. I had another article on Cosmopolitan.com this past week uh, called My Chronic Illness Has Cost Me More Than Just My Health. Um, I've talked about my, my condition on the show and it just talks basically about how relationships are affected when you have a chronic illness that a lot, a lot of people don't know about. A lot of people in my professional life don't really know about it. And I try to sort of keep it hush hush and own it. But please, uh, if you know of anybody with a chronic illness, Lyme, lupus, MS, fibromyalgia, uh, Crohn's, um, you know, it's, it's a great sort of, <laughs> I was about to say it's a great insight into, but like, it's, you know, it's, it's a great read. Thank you. It it's, is. it's, you know, how to, how to understand us a little bit more. Um, and then my, my professional pick is the September, October issue of Edible Manhattan. I just read it. I'm a little bit late to it. It's just really beautiful. It's the travel issue. Um, it's got a piece called New York's Nut Evangelist about Jerry Henkin. It's got a beautiful piece with Michael Cherno from the Meeple Shops about fishing. Uh, it's just a really beautiful, I love Edible for their just sort of long, interesting profiles that get to the heart of things for people. So that is my pick for the week. Benjamin. My pick, I went very lighthearted this week oh because my I know it was very strange for me. The last couple of weeks I've gone with, um, dark you know, tread with, you know, classical theatrical tragedy and something else I hated. Um, but I, I read this thing on cracked.com, mm-hmm. which busted 27 sex myths. Oh my goodness. Can you give us an and example so I'm gonna of go, one? I'm just going to give a couple of examples. Um, one is that um, a woman who squirts mm-hmm. during orgasm um, is actually not female ejaculation. During studies, 20 times out of 20, it was actually their inability to control their bladder and urine that was uh, the um, thing If that you guys are doing squirts. that study again, I, like, I'm going to help you pool other women for that. I feel like that's not... Well, I want to read this um, article now and probably disagree with okay. it. Okay. Um, give also, us one more. Uh, also, let's see <laughs> What about a guy? Is there one about a guy? Oh, there's lots about guys. Okay, give us one about a guy. One about guys is that um, there is absolutely no correlation between the size of a flaccid penis and the size of an erect penis. So you can't you tell can't by tell. someone's bulge, basically, like how big their actual the grower or shower. penis is. Exactly <laughs> right. You're, yeah. right. Someone may be a grower and not a shower. Okay, good. I feel like those are two ones to tantalize our audience to read. Awesome. Uh, ben, you have a date tonight. 
I've got one date Wednesday and one date Saturday. Let's report uh, back uh, next week. Yeah, I think are we going to feel good in our skin, no matter how we're feeling that day? I think I'm going to feel great. I'm very I'm excited about my date tonight. He's and looking it's quite dapper. Be, uh, He's looking very dapper. Whoever oh, this lovely you. lady is, if you were listening last week, you might know who the lovely lady is. Um, he's looking very handsome tonight. Thank awesome. you. Well, um, you can as opposed text- to like normal, I come in here looking like, look like crap. Shit. Like so. we, look, yeah. Like this is why we do radio. Um, so I will text you after your date tonight. I'm just kidding. But the thing is, I'm Sometimes the second. I'm the second most dapper guy here because Jackson's suspenders are just he's totally now. outdoing anything I came in with today. Shoes, kids today. They look like so much cooler than we Lauren, thank you so much for coming. Um, yeah, he's like conked out now. That's all he needed. He's like, I just need a boob. What I, I'm a boob man. <laughs> That's actually the big thing that I've been saying a lot lately is if anyone's fussy or if anyone's in an argument with your relationship, whatever, if it's a male and female counterpart, stick a boob out there. Stick a boob in his mouth. Stick a boob in his mouth. <laughs> Women, we have all the powers. Thank you so much for coming in, Lauren. Thank I you. adore you. Uh, that is our show for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, next week, we will be joined by Jesse Hirsch. He's the editor of Edible Brooklyn and Edible Manhattan. I was actually reading the magazine. I was like, ah, I want to get this guy on the show. It's a beautiful magazine. I love it. He's going to share how working in food essentially ended his six-year relationship, how his job was basically why his relationship could not continue. Um, so until then, our theme song is Chloroform Perfume by No Denial. Our engineer today was Liz Smith. Thank you so much, Liz. And our sponsor was that Wisconsin Cheese Cupid app. Please hit us up on lovebitesradio.com, on heritageradionetwork.org. If you have anything to contribute to the conversation, we are on Twitter, we are on Facebook, and we love you and would love your response. And if you've got a question for us about dating or food, we would love to have uh, our upcoming guests and us sort of weigh in on it. So please shoot us those questions at lovebitesradio at gmail.com or via any of those other mediums. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you next week right here at heritageradionetwork.org. Bye. Is chloroform perfume? Just one whiff and you start to swim. Now tell me how I'm supposed to feel this hole Since you left me alone I've got to hold to heal Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. 